Hello and welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Memories. I am Wax the Brain Hussein and I'm joined by Fash the Million Dollar Fan. Fash, this is an exciting week for all wrestling fans. This is WrestleMania week. How do you feel? It is indeed, and as you say, it is the, the big week for all wrestling fans, isn't it? And it's came around quite quickly, but yeah, I think there's a, a big excitement for WrestleMania, and certainly this is a time where people go back in time and also you know think about their favourite WrestleMania moments, watch some old matches. I think for me, the big thing is we're going to get some people in a venue to watch a wrestling event, any sort of event, so certainly I think it's exciting, and the two-day format which they initiated last year, is uh, remaining this year. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And quite yeah, an interesting a, card as well. It is. It's going to be a real bonus for fans because there's not two nights of wrestling. There's actually four nights this week with NXT uh, stand and deliver spread out over two nights as well. And there's some excellent wrestling that's not likely going to be happening over the next couple of nights. And then we go into the big WrestleMania weekend, uh, which I'm looking forward to, <clears throat> even though the card might not be as stacked as some cards are which brings me on to our special episode fash this is all about the wrestlemania supercard indeed so you and i've been really looking forward to this episode and um, when we discussed it so today we are going to discuss our supercard our ultimate wrestlemania card um and yeah we both took turns to be guest bookers um and put together what we feel is the ultimate of ultimate wrestlemania cards based on previous events but um yeah, we made it quite tough for ourselves in terms of the kind of strict rules we set. We did. So let's have a look at them. And t- Fash, you are the um, architect of these rules. So you can explain the to of this situation. The, the, indeed. So you can talk us through the, the, the different rules that you've come up with um, that we based our card on. Yeah, so to make it hard on ourselves, rather than, you know, just having a full selection of anything we wanted um, and duplicating ideas, what we've decided to land on is this. Um, We will have a WWE title match, obviously. Um, That is the true WWF, WWE title, not the world title, the unified one. It's the lineage of the original one. There has to be an intercontinental title match, which is the longstanding secondary title, a tag team title match, um, and a women's title match. So that's the easy part of what will be a 10-match card. But where we've made it really hard for ourselves is that no wrestler can appear more than once. So you're only allowed to pick one match of a given person, which actually makes it really difficult when you've got people like Mr. WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Stone Cold, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, etc. Um, so that was the challenging part, Wax. Uh, but the interesting thing is, you and I worked on this independently to see what we could come up with. And initially we had uh, seven matches, which we both had independently um, selected, which were the same, which left three. And that led to some uh, high level negotiations between you and myself over the last few days. Indeed it did. I mean, I think that just goes to show that there are certain iconic moments of WrestleMania that everybody agrees on. So I reckon that of our Supercard, you know, six, five or six at least uh, will be included in everybody's card. Uh, But I think one thing to note, this is not the 10 best matches of all time at WrestleMania. Because of the rules, we're not able to to select certain matches that would necessarily be in the sort of top 10 of all time, um, which is a shame. But again, it just goes to having something that, you know, some criteria that we're working towards. Uh, and I reckon it'll be more fun for our audience to, to follow this criteria and try and bring up their own card 
under a, a similar fashion. Yeah, under the same rules. And absolutely, as you say, I mean, I can speak to one match which won't be on this card, which I would probably rank as the best ever WrestleMania match and one of the best matches full stop. But, you know, it's the stringent rules. And what we are looking to do here is design the best event top to bottom uh, based on matches, which would be obviously your opener, your mid card, your semi-main events, and then a main event, which is a WWE title match. And I guess with that, we can kick off the opener. Yep. So um, I think we both agreed on the opener. Uh, this was going to be an opening match that had come in one of the previous WrestleManias. And straight away, I think both of our thoughts went to the one match, which was Bret Hart versus Owen Hart at WrestleMania 10. Um, Fash, what are your memories of this particular match? I think there's several memories. I mean, just remember it being a really great technical wrestling match. I mean, the great thing about wrestling is when you've got a story backing something. So obviously you've got Owen Hart, the younger brother. He's jealous of Brett. He's turned heel on him at the Royal Rumble and they're going to have a match. But, you know, for Brett, it's one of two matches because he's going to fight for the WWF title later on. Um, so for, you know, for as a fan watching, you're like, OK, we'll be Owen and then, you know, maybe he'll win or not win at the end. Um, so that was an interesting story coming in. But for me, it was just the kind of great chain technical wrestling between the two. Um, you know, the, the, the counter moves, um, just the kind of storytelling. And Brett was the ultimate storyteller. But I think this was significant because Owen kept his end of it. And actually, this was Owen's coming out party in terms of saying, you know, I can be in the main event. Yeah, I was just so like amazed by the smoothness of everything. Yeah. You know, you see matches a lot these days uh, and you know that every every move, every sort of structure is you know been organized behind the scenes, but this match wasn't in that sense, but still it was effortless. It was smooth and both of them were were superb. Well, this was two guys that wrestled some kids, right? So they probably had this match over the years from yeah. when they were in the dungeon um to this big event and obviously Brett wanted to help Owen rise and yep. Owen had something to prove um, in terms of the actual match. I mean, I don't know if you've got specific thoughts on it. I thought the ending sequence was, was really good. You know, Owen tries the sharpshooter, Brett reverses, um, and then there's a bit of a back and forth. And then Brett tries the victory rule. Um, and we've seen him do this at the King of the Ring when he won it in 93. But Owen actually catches him and gets a surprise pin. And there's this shock in the audience in Madison Square Garden which really you know puts an exclamation part on everything and kicks off the event in a huge way because you're like okay who's going to top that yep and that's our super card kicked off in the best manner possible uh Fash did you have any alternatives I've got one I'm going to throw your way we didn't select this um Daniel Bryan versus Triple H um, I think we discussed this, but uh, in essence, because of our other criteria, this didn't this didn't come into our, our Yeah, I think, you know, my other opener was that as well, um, looking across and, it, you know, it's a great match. But then when you're creating it to Brett Owen, I think, you know, this certainly shades it. Um, but yeah, if you could have two opening matches, uh, you would have that one in there. But yeah, certainly for honourable mention, that was my other opening contest as well that could be considered have a look at our card obviously match one we've got uh, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart match two Fash we have the, the intercontinental title match indeed so this is a hard one right because and the reason it's a hard one is most people when they think of the intercontinental title it's the workers title um, and a few matches come to mind right and I think I'm going to start with the honorable mention here before we talk about this match and that is you think of the ladder match at Wrestlemania yeah. 10 between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. And if we didn't have any constraints, 
you know, that'd be on our 10-match supercard. But because Shawn Michaels is so damn good, he's Mr. WrestleMania, we've had to keep him aside for something else. So we went for the original classic and the match that also inspired a generation, and that was from WrestleMania 3. It's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat challenging the macho man Randy Savage. Um, what do you think about this match, Wax, in terms of, I know you've rewatched it recently, as did I. Um, it still holds up, doesn't it? Yeah, it's the one that everybody talks about as one of the original classics. 35 years almost, Flash, this match was, and it doesn't it's not aged at all. I mean, it, it is perfect in the way that they've structured the match. And actually, for a match of its time, it was one of the very few that was structured start to finish because Macho Man apparently was so... Um, you know, so concerned or so worried, and uh, he and he always had that mindset. You know that everything had to be perfect. He put this match together with Ricky, the the Dragon Steamboat, and uh, and Unison, and it came out perfectly. And I think also what helped the match was the setting and the surrounding. Um, it was filmed slightly differently because the size of the stadium, the ninety three thousand Pontiac Stadium, it you know it just meant that it looked like a movie almost, yeah, uh, yeah. rather than just a, a match. And I think that added to it. Um, and obviously the technical ability of both was unmatched at that time. Well, that's the thing is WrestleMania 3, which um, you know changed wrestling forever. It really catapulted it into the mainstream, as you say, a huge crowd. And the main event was Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, but Ricky Steamboat and Matchman stole the show with just great technical wrestling. And I think this is one of the first matches where we have lots of false finishes. Yeah. So, you know, nowadays you see everyone doing it, but for that time, it was like, you know, back and forth and the crowd was gasping at each opportunity thinking the match was over so they played that masterfully as you say match man had choreographed this to the t with ricky steamboat who himself you know it's a great worker you had the added bonus of elizabeth with the match man and george the animal steel um, there with ricky steamboat worlds apart worlds um, apart in beauty and the beast right, if there ever was one mm-hmm. and then there was a backstory here as well yep. um, that people forget that Macho Man injured Ricky Steamboat, damaged his throat. He was out of action. So this is his revenge in chance of the title. Um, and, you know, there's, as I say, there's a ref bump here as well. So, you know, compared to what people have done now, and, you know, Macho Man hits an elbow drop after the ref bump, but there's no referee. And then there's some back and forth. He tries to grab the bell, hit Ricky Steamboat with it again, just like he injured him. George Steele stops that from happening. And then, you know, there's a roll-up small package from Ricky Steamboat and he becomes a champion. And what a pop when when that happens to really end what was a great match. Yeah, I mean, both uh, had very successful careers, but Ricky Steamboat was at the height of his powers in the WWF at that time. And um, I mean, I just love the pace of the match. They were just, you know, it was constant. There, was, there wasn't there was a break. Uh, you know, there wasn't one of these break holes where somebody's got a sleeper on for half an hour, but it was just, it was it was constant action. And that, that's what I loved about this match. And actually that's what, that's uh, something that, that you find in a lot of Ricky Steamboat matches. Uh, just go see his matches against Rick Flair. They're just all action, regardless of how long they're, they're, they're actually fighting for. I see. And, and, you know, that was the thing. After this match, I think people did recognize the Intercontinental title as the, the title for the guys who are the great technical wrestlers. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest shame here, as you said, this is the height of Ricky Steamboat in the WWE. And I mean, the fact that then, you know, he has this falling out with Vincent Mann and he's going to lose the title. Everyone forgets what happened next. It's just this moment for him. Um, and the match one obviously goes on to greater things. But this match, as I said, inspired a generation and still holds up really well. So I think it's worthy of being on our card as the, the Intercontinental Championship match um, because it was the original, I think, WrestleMania Classic. Now we've got the first two matches out of the way, Wax. Let's look at the mid card, which you had to build something which would be 
quite unique, a mixture of things, um, looking across the WrestleManias, and it's tough, right? And we wanted a kind of unique gimmick match. And um, after some back and forth, we landed on Goldust versus Rowdy Roddy Piper, the backlot brawl at WrestleMania 12. Um, give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a, a classic a gimmick match, you know, as good as you'll find anywhere. Um, they start off, obviously, in the car park. Um, there's a lot of heat. There's a lot of action. There's a car chase involved. They end up in the ring later on in the evening, and, you know, eventually Roddy Piper will win. I mean, these are two unique characters in the wrestling business. I mean, Roddy Piper's charisma is unmatched, I think, to anybody that has ever entered the ring. And in Goldust, you've got the the weirdest, the the strangest character that's ever been created in the WWF. And surprisingly, he's had he had such a longevity in the WWF because his character was so unique uh, and it opened up um, so many chances for Sterling. So, I mean, there's some great moments and actually some real injuries in this match as well, um, including, I think, a, a broken hand by Goldust, who punches Roddy Piper's head so hard by mistake that he breaks his own hand. Um, you know, uh, Dustin Rhodes was sort of in the sort of peak of his powers as Goldust around about this time, I would say. Um, I think it was just all action. It was fun. Uh, and that's really what's important about a gimmick match. It needs to be fun. And that's the, the, the key thing being there. I said the way it was shot, it felt real. It felt like a fight. And then it goes throughout the night, as you say. I mean, the car chase, I think they took from the OG Simpson car chase. I think they actually took the footage of that as well in this. Um, um, and originally it was supposed to be Razor Ramon against Goldust in a Miami street fight. But, you know, he had his falling out with WWE, gets suspended, is going to go to WCW. And they, you know, put Roddy Piper in the situation. And it worked really well because, as you say, Goldust was at its most extreme at this point in terms of really pushing yep. the buttons and with a Roddy Piper no-nonsense character, it really worked for him. So once again, another match which is driven by story, but great action and unique. If you watch it today as well, you'll see that it was something that was really different in terms of presenting a street fight. Um, and, you know, a good way to, uh, after two Mac classics, having something like this um, would work really well. Yeah, I want to give you a couple of alternatives, Fash, for this gimmick match. Um, one actually involves Roddy Piper uh, and Mr. T in that boxing match in WrestleMania 2, which you didn't like, but I that was thought it was, uh, was a fabulous uh, entertainment spot. And the other one was uh, another quite unique gimmick. It's a blindfold match between Jake Roberts and Rick Martel. And again, just because of the uniqueness uh, and the quality of Jake's performance in that match, um, I thought I was very close to putting that in. I mean, we've discussed that in our WrestleMania 7 um, episode when we're looking at you know the mid 91 uh, for me wax I'm going to disagree with both of those I mean uniqueness yes but a boring match and as for Piper against Mr. T I uh, will ask the audience to go and watch that that was a bit of a mess I think and of course Piper hated Mr. T so he probably hit him with a few real shots in there as well but I thought Mr. T was blown up but yeah I mean it was unique if we're talking about uniqueness I mean other matches you could potentially think about would be um, the gimmick battle row, which I really had lots of fun with WrestleMania 17 when they brought all the old timers back and it was the shortest um, match ever because some of the guys in, uh, just couldn't do much and Iron Sheik only won it because they were scared <laughs> nobody would be able to throw him over the top rope, probably kill the guy. Um, that's another one that comes to mind in terms of a kind of fun gimmick match. But I mean, there's been plenty at WrestleMania, hasn't it? But I think we've selected one that may be a forgotten classic Talking about forgotten matches, Fash, let's move on to match four on our card, which is the match between Shane McMahon and X-Pac at WrestleMania 15. This is one that you've chosen, Fash, um, so give us your thoughts. 
Yeah, I wanted to you know pick something that once again is a forgotten, um, entertaining match, and this is for a title which is forgotten as well, Wax, which is close to our hearts. It's the European title now long defunct. Um, but this match at WrestleMania 15, the reason I've selected it is this is this one match encapsulates everything about the Attitude Era in terms of good and bad. Um, it's a match where there's various interference um, from the likes of Test. The Stooges, the Mean Street Posse, if you remember them. Uh, but in the end, there's a big turn in this match. So Shane McMahon is the champion coming into this. Um, there's various interference going on. Triple H and China turn up. And earlier in the night, the booking is such that you think China has rejoined Degeneration X because she helps out Triple H in his match against Kane. Um, so they turn up, but, you know, Swerve Bro with Vince Russo writing the show. Um, Triple H turns on X-Pac and the crowd is shocked. Shane McMahon wins and Triple H has joined the corporation. And this was the beginning of the game because later this year he'd become the world champion for the first time. I think it's a fun match. There's lots of back and forth. As I say, lots of outside interference, lots of, you know, as action nonstop. Shane McMahon is obviously, you know, in his early days here, but shows what a great worker he could be with the right opponent. And, you know, X-Pac, I think Sean Waltman here is actually at the peak of his powers as well. So it's a match that people have generally forgotten at WrestleMania, which was not the most well-received outside of the main event. Um, But I think, you know, for somebody to check out a match from the 1999 period, which encapsulates, as I say, everything about that era, I think this match does that. And it gives us a chance to bring back the European title. Yeah, and I'm glad we've actually selected this match for the reason that Shane McMahon is involved. We had discussed him in a couple of other matches, uh, and it's just fitting considering he's got a match uh, again this weekend at WrestleMania against Braun Strowman that he is involved. Um, also, let's be honest, this was the last match that we included. It in was our night. Yeah, this was a uh, tough one to build into. Some, uh, some discussion as to what we could possibly put in. Uh, an alternative I'm going to throw in, a, and I forgot about this actually until recently, was Randy Orton against um, Seth Rollins. It's a mid-card match, uh, the type that you probably have around about this position in a card. Uh, it was a well-put-together match, but uh, there were a few other options that we yeah, thought about um, just because yeah, the, of the yeah I think you know as you say that match that you picked out um, we had we were discussing this you hated the idea of Randy Orton against CM Punk at WrestleMania 27 I thought you know a really solid mid-card match and CM Punk went on to greater things we talked about John Cena and Rusev at WrestleMania 31 once trying to get Cena on the card yeah. um, but no in the end I think um, I did the pitch to you and we, we landed on a more kind of overbooked match that's going to you know keep people entertained. And this is the kind of event, as you had said to me off, offline, that you know if there's a crowd there, they're going to die at the end of this <laughs> because it's non-stop action, but that's what we're looking for here. Right, Wax, match five is our women's title match. And I guess, you know, we've had some matches in the early years of WrestleMania, then the Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression. Um, but the match that we agreed upon um, was the one that really kicked the women's revolution into gear. We're talking about WrestleMania 32 and a triple threat match. Yep, it's Charlotte Flair against Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks in a triple threat match. Three of the four horsewomen of the current um, era of women's wrestling and actually three of the four that have taken women's wrestling to a brand new level um, unmatched to I think anything that we've seen before and this match really was the the coming out party for for this generation of women uh, they even had a new women's world title uh, introduced on this show by Lita 
And I think that just went to show um, how important uh, they were treating this division going forward. And actually, since then, if you look at it, all three uh, of these women have had sort of key roles in the company, not just um, from a wrestling point of view, but actually the WWE are building um, on their legacy. Um, and obviously, if you look at who's the most popular of the three, probably Becky Lynch currently, but even though she's away on maternity leave. But in success-wise, I mean, all three are superstars in my opinion not just women superstars but actually wwe superstars the match itself is a classic it's technically very proficient there's some high spots some dangerous spots some suicide dives you know things that you would see some of the the more athletic men be doing but um, actually now the women uh, are on a par with most men in terms of some of their their, their moves uh, what are your thoughts on this particular match yeah no i think this is obviously the reason that we get our wrestlemania women's main event just some years later i thought yeah it was a great match um you see three of the best workers full stop in the company um really good sequences um uh, the, the ending was really good in terms of you know the back and forth between them i mean the, there's a, a time in it when charlotte does a double natural selection on both of them becky puts an arm bar on charlotte then you get the bank statement from Sasha Banks um you know there's a figure eight on Sasha Banks at the same time that she's got the bank statement on um but ultimately you know Ric Flair gets involved because he's the dirtiest player in the game and in the end I do remember you know he he distracts or stops Sasha from getting back in the ring um and this time Charlotte does put the figure eight on um and you know ultimately becomes the champion and as you mentioned for me what i'd forgotten about this was the fact that this was now the new women's title because up to that point it was the divas yep. championship and charlotte had came in as a divas champion but as you said lita had announced that the winner of this would be the wwe women's champion and that was as you say the exclamation point saying this is a serious division again as opposed to what it had been for a number of years, which wasn't really about the end-ring work. So I think um, certainly a great match. And as you see, the three of them have gone on to even greater things since then. Yeah, and I've got to say, I love the entrance uh, for all three women, particularly Sasha Banks, who Snoop had her Dogg. cousin Snoop Dogg uh, coming out. And obviously, um, I love uh, Charlotte Flair's uh, music and theme music um, you know, coming out with Ric Flair was another classic. And since then, Becky Lynch's entrance, every, every time you see her, the crowd is just on... Um, you know, on in heaven, basically, uh, when they see her coming out, uh, she gets great um, audience reaction. I mean, I think I would just point out to people: if you've not seen this match, you should go out of your way and see this because I think this was the start of the current generation of uh, WWE wrestling for women. Um, the start of the match is terrific. It's so fast-paced, um, you know, up there with anything that any of the men have put together. Uh, and again, this weekend we've got two women's title matches um, with Oscar um, against Rhea Ripley. Uh, we've got Bianca Belair against Sasha Banks. And again, both of those matches are going to be classics, um, in my opinion. So go your way to watch this. Yeah. yeah, but the thing was, we did, you know, there was the other triple threat match as well that, you know, I guess is an honourable mention here, um, which didn't make it. And that was the one that actually main evented WrestleMania. Um, but I mean, what was one of the key reasons that, you know, we didn't go for that one? I mean, this is the better match, but there was a, a, a key... <laughs> key element of that other match there which, was you know, there was a slightly dodgy finish in that match where the crowd were a bit confused as to how becky lynch had pinned uh, ronda rousey had she actually i think it was a, 
I'm still not sure to this day whether it was a complete botch or whether they were trying to protect Ronda Rousey. Um, it was the main event of, of WrestleMania 35, and it goes to show, obviously, the advancement and development of the women's um, division that they were able to main event that. But you're right, the only reason that this match comes ahead of that one is because of the finish. I, I'm going to point out two other matches that I think were worthy contenders. Trish Stratus and Mickey James, um, obviously, in the Attitude Era, these were the two leading women wrestlers. Um, and the other one I've got is Charlotte uh, Flair against Asuka uh, a few years ago for the world Why title. Why Sable, Sable getting no love from you? Um, Sable's getting a lot of love from me, just not um, on this card. <laughs> Nobody wants to. Let's not go any further, but Trish, yeah, I'll always give Trish thumbs up. And it's a shame that um, we couldn't choose more than one. But I think, yeah, if we look at what's best from an in-ring standpoint and just taking it to the next level, these three are worthy of, of this slot. Okay, Fash, we're halfway through our WrestleMania super card. An absolute barn burner so far. Uh, Dave Meltzer is going to be really happy with this card. Screw Dave Meltzer, right? We're happy with it. And I'm we're sure happy, with it. happy with it. Dave and Meltzer it, would probably choose you know, a bunch of spot monkeys in every role, and you know, he doesn't know what's going on. Well, we'll, t- we'll take that up in a, in a bonus episode one day. But our next match is uh, one that we had to talk a little bit about. We weren't sure it was the right match. Well, I was either. sure about it. You were just trying to challenge me for no reason. But in the I end, was. as I... always, the, the, the million dollar fan came out on top. Yeah, I wasn't sure that this was the, the, the right match for either of the competitors. But I think as a process of elimination, this actually ended up being the right one. And the match is Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon in a street fight at WrestleMania 19. Yeah, I mean, when you think about WrestleMania, right, there's two men that really kick-started it, and it was Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan. And, you know, you're thinking, why this match? But the fact is Hulk Hogan has to be on the WrestleMania Supercard, right? But, you know, he's been involved in a lot of title matches, and his matches, unfortunately, will not make it into our final match, which is the ultimate match. So you start thinking, where can you place him? Um, and for me, you had to have the, the two pioneers on this card, and what better way than to have them against one another? So this is um, not going to be your five-star technical catches catch can wrestling match, but it's really fun. It's a it's a street fight between the two. Hulk Hogan's career's on the line. I mean, you probably laugh as soon as that said. I don't know how many times Hogan's talked about retiring or potentially retired, and then you know he he's always back for a paycheck, brother. But um, it's a really fun match. What makes it even better, going back to the original WrestleMania, is that we get a cameo from Rowdy Roddy Piper as well. So the other man who is famous for putting it all together. Um, it looks like he's going to attack Vince McMahon, but actually hits Hulk Hogan with a lead pipe. I mean, there's moments in this match such as um, Vince McMahon jumping off a ladder and leg dropping <laughs> Hulk Hogan through the Spanish announce table. Um, those poor guys used to always get it tight. Um, and there's obviously the more, and then you see Vince also leg dropping Hogan, but that's going too far, um, Wax. And you know what happens next, right? When it looks like Hulk Hogan's down and out. There's going to be a Hulk Up, brother. Oh, of course. There's not a match that goes by without a Hulk Up. And, uh, you know, he takes the, the victory in the end of this match. I mean, three leg thing... drops, three leg drops. But also, that's what it takes. Um, both guys are bloody as well. So they push the limits. Well, that's, that's what, what I wanted to mention. Match. They were gushing. It wasn't just blood. They were gushing. And, um, you know, they went all out to, to put on a great match. And I, I'm sure Vince must have been really pleased because, you know, when they first match up in the ring and they do that test of strength, he looks huge. Vince Even relative jacked to up Vince. Hulk Hogan. I mean, he's, he's bigger than Hulk yeah, Hogan. Yeah. And it just goes to show, obviously, he, he's, a, he's a maniac. Uh, he's still talking. a maniac. If you look yeah. at him, I'm sure we've all seen his recent workouts, if, uh, but he's just nuts. But you know what? In terms of, you know, the 
elements that are most interesting just Vince's expressions and it's like yeah. the way his psychology the way he sells things you know his evilness um when when he's got the lead pipe and just his overall work I mean he's, you know Vince whatever people say about him now and being out of touch and you know we don't agree with a lot of the decisions he makes but you know when it came to being Mr. McMahon that heel character no one was better and you know it really became full circle in a way it's a shame this wasn't WrestleMania 20 yeah because it would have worked extremely well. But, you know, for me, um, another gimmick match, but one that's fun, and it had to have both of these guys there. Yeah, I think... Sorry, I was going to say, a, a couple of alternatives in a similar type of match, in a similar sort of street fight, hardcore match. We had Shane versus Vince at WrestleMania 17. I thought that was a very, uh, very good, entertaining match, similar uh, along the lines to this one. We also had Edge versus Mick Foley that we couldn't get in. That's the um, one I wanted in, yeah. And but that was an our rules are rules. Match. Yeah. Exactly. And the other one that um, I was keen to get in, and it was, wasn't a street fight, but it was a, the money, the first Money in the Bank match, which uh, features you know six of the, the best that WWE had to offer. But again, uh, we're going to talk about it shortly. Two of the individuals in that match um, couldn't be in that because of the hard yeah, choice. Certainly, I mean, there's one man as we both that is part of the equation here that you know has one match that is just down as one of the best ever. So that means that we can't have these because if we were just building, as you said before, a card of the best matches, then then certainly that McFoley Edge match would be in there. And Money in the Bank one was a great match as well. But um, I think we're still shaping this up really well in terms of a overall structure and sticking to the rules. Right, match seven, it's for the Tag Team Championship. And really, Wax, I don't think anyone can debate this. There is only one match that is worthy of being the greatest ever tag team match at WrestleMania. And I'd say one of the greatest ever matches full stop. It's TLC2. It's Edge and Christian versus the, the current champions at the time, the Dudley Boys and the Hardy Boys. This was the third match between these teams on the, on the big stage. So they faced each other in a triple threat match at the WrestleMania prior to this, so WrestleMania 2000. And then they had TLC1 at SummerSlam 2000. And this is the third match now. So they've had two shots at it, and now it's going to be perfection in terms of this match. I mean, we could not do this justice in terms of how good it is. No, I mean, the only way to do justice to this match is watch this several times over and over again. There's zero doubt about this being the best tag team match in all WrestleManias, if not the best tag team match ever put together. And I think that goes to show just what great chemistry these three teams had with each other. They could fight, uh, you know, one-on-one tag team against tag team, and it'd be a great match. But putting all three together, putting in the tables, the ladders and the chairs together, it's just stupendous i mean there's death defying spots throughout this match uh the one that stands out fast that we've talked about so many times is edge speeding uh jeff hardy uh off the top of the tallest ladder uh, there's a scary moment just before that because uh, jeff hardy has his feet caught in one of the ladders um and i was i was terrified for him watching this again today and um, that something bad was going to happen uh, there's another one actually just as bad um christian falls off a ladder from inside the ring to outside the ring there's nothing in between the yeah, tables. He literally falls from the top of the ladder onto the floor, and I thought that was that was terrifying as well. And then you've got Jeff Hardy doing the tightrope on three ladders, which actually does go wrong. Uh, the third ladder ends up buckling, and and, and he falls. Um, Baba and Matt fall off a ladder onto four tables. It's just, I mean, it's spot filled. Uh, you got Lita, Spike Dudley, and Rhino coming. Well, in. that's the thing: the supporting characters people forget about that yeah, actually those three were part of this and were actually pretty pivotal in the overall action. 
Yeah, and tremendous spots from each of them and, and really added to the match rather than take away, as it's quite often does. Um, and again, it's just it's just a tremendous match. And I watched all of our card today, and this is the one that I was physically, you know, shouting at the TV, you know, getting really happy, laughing, and just like that's because you're just crazy. You're not right in the head. I mean, you're not right in the head. That's probably you know, didn't take your pills today. But, but uh, yeah, I think you would agree. Match, it's it's, yeah. it's just it's just out of this world. Well, this is the you know we'll talk about this in our team, but to me, this is the greatest WrestleMania, right? Seventeen, and. As you say, the three teams together, amazing chemistry. Um, Rhino helps at the end. You know, he's the one that kind of eliminates a few guys from the action. Then he's kind of piggybacking Christian to the top of the ladder. And he takes the titles. So I think everyone was, you know, great in this, um, the supporting cast as well. But yeah, I mean, we are going to encourage you to watch each of these matches in the order that we've set. But, you know, if you don't have time, you definitely have to catch this at some point. But, you know, interesting... Um, stat here in wax which i don't know if you remember or not but there was three matches between these three teams and edge and christian won every single one yeah and again maybe it goes to show that they had potential as single superstars and maybe the others didn't i was actually quite surprised um that uh, the hardy boys hadn't won one of these matches considering they were the most um had to go back and just double check as well because that's what i remember and as you talk about the matches between them, I remember the Royal Rumble 2000 match between the Dudleys and the Hardys, which is amazing as well. But yeah, surprising that ENC won every single one, but that's yeah. something that, you know, they can definitely hang their hat on. Um, but when it comes to kind of putting a end to this rivalry in terms of how everyone remembers it, um, this was the match. So yeah, I think no one can argue with that. And if you're going to argue with us, you can, you know what, yeah, I don't even have any alternatives, Fash. There's nothing that comes No, out. there's nothing here that... I mean, you know, we can talk about other interesting tag team matches. I mean, one that comes to my mind is um, WrestleMania um, 14. And it's um, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie against the New Age Outlaws. Um, and then, obviously, the early WrestleManias, you've got some good technical tag team matches. But, yeah, nothing comes close. There's there's nothing that could be an honourable mention, really, here um, when we're talking about TLC2. Right, match eight. WrestleMania is about celebrities, right, Wax? And um, we wanted a specific celebrity match um, on the card. And this was a lot of debating between you and I um, because there's been so many interesting ones. You've already mentioned Mr. T and his involvement at WrestleMania 2 and, of course, WrestleMania 1. Um, the other honorable mentions were LT against Bam Bam Bigelow, a match that I particularly like from a, a very poor WrestleMania 11. Um, and, of course, Floyd Money Mayweather, um, another man who believes in the money um, against the big show, which was, you know, the biggest versus the best. But none of these matches made the cut. Um, we landed on something which is more recent, and it's actually got um, a number of people involved in this one with one big celebrity. Yep, Fash, it's WrestleMania 34. We've got Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. And the reason wasn't just the fact that Ronda Rousey at this point was, you know, almost... Uh, at the peak of her uh, powers in terms of, you know, uh, love and ad adoration by the, the US public. she just come off UFC a couple of years beforehand and she was the face of UFC for, for a couple of years before that. Um, it's also the fact that we've got Kurt Angle and Triple H, two Hall of Famers involved in this match, and another McMahon, uh, which just sort of completes... We had to get know, all the McMahons on this to, card. Uh, uh, just to um, and actually, I think nobody expected this match to be as good as it was. It was Ronda Rousey's first match. It was Kurt Angle coming back into the ring after a long break, and he didn't look 
fantastic off screens. You know, he, he, he put on quite a bit of weight and he was injured. You know, Triple H also hadn't been wrestling that much. And obviously, Stephanie's not a wrestler. But what they did put together was a match uh, that was tremendous. It, you could almost say this is a, a filler match, but it actually provided the audience a lot of fun. Um, and it was it was played out a little bit like an 80s tag team match where you've got the heels constantly, you know, getting up to some sort of shenanigan, uh, making sure that they're staying away from the baby faces until the big payoff. And that's when Stephanie eventually is, is caught by Ronda Rousey and, and the fans absolutely erupt um, at that moment. And, and there's very many spots within this match that are, are fun to see, uh, especially the sort of double submission um, that occurred midway through the match and then the, the ending with Stephanie and uh, Ronda Rousey. Um, I, I agree effort, I think, by all uh, and I think a worthy worthy celebrity match to have. Yeah, I think um, Triple H and Stephanie deserve a lot of credit here. I say Stephanie's really surprised. I mean, this match originally was signposted a couple of years earlier when um, The Rock had a face-off with Stephanie and uh, Triple H and, you know, he introduces Ronda Rousey into the ring who's sitting at ringside. It's a shame we didn't get that one because that certainly would have been a main event. But as you say, Kurt Angle, um, it was a shame in a way to me, you know, Kurt wasn't the Kurt that we no. remembered. You know, TNA had a really good run, but near the end, it, he was breaking down. And he did have a match prior to this, didn't he? With the Shield, he teamed up with them, but he wasn't his best, but he did bring it on this night. And I think Triple H helped a lot with that. I mean, the real reason you've got this match on the card, right, is because you wanted Triple H on the card and he just wasn't featuring the way I was going about things. So we got him on, but, you know, jokes aside, he and Angle certainly deserve to be on this. Um, but, you know, the alternative would have been the ultimate warrior absolutely squashing Triple H at WrestleMania 12, which I think is uh, tremendous even to watch today. Yeah, well, there you go. A Triple H hater, as always. Um, but I just want to mention uh, one of the alternatives that you obviously mentioned was uh, Floyd Mayweather uh, versus Big Show. And I watched this again today, and I was shocked by how intense the crowd was for this brilliant. match. Yeah. Um, and that made it... There wasn't a lot of action, but, I mean, when uh, Floyd was coming into the ring, he was getting so much heat. Obviously... The aim was to build him as a babyface, but well, Floyd is which not was a babyface. Yeah, like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's a natural-born heel. Um, and eventually, you know, the crowd just loved every moment of Big Show beating the crap out of Floyd Mayweather. And actually, I was surprised at how much damage uh, Floyd took, including uh, a slap to the chest. Well, this is, uh, I mean, a good point by you, because I thought, you know, at the time watching this, he's not going to do much. He's got huge boxing matches to come. But he does. He actually does way, way more than you'd ever expect. Yeah, and he looks good doing it. Um, and the, uh, the fun stuff was obviously his, his reaction of his supporting team um, outside the ring. Every time he would get hurt, they were just, you know, the, the reaction were tremendous and they'd get involved throughout the match. And I think that was a worthy um, alternative to this match. Yeah, certainly um, my initial card had that. Um, but then we obviously discussed and thought, okay, overall match quality is this one. Okay, Fash, we're almost at the end of our supercard. The penultimate match involves two absolute legends. When you think of WrestleMania... These two names will appear as number one and number two on your list. Number one is The Undertaker. The streak is synonymous with WrestleMania. And number two is Mr. WrestleMania himself, Shawn Michaels. We could easily have a card of just Undertaker matches, just Shawn Michaels matches, or combine the two to make a, a great card. Uh, and in this match, you know, everything comes together perfectly. Uh, these two had great chemistry whenever they worked together. Um, and this match particularly... Um, was outstanding. Yeah, we're talking about WrestleMania 25, the first match they had at WrestleMania. Um, as you say, 
Shawn Michaels made this hard, and that's why the rules are so difficult because there's so many great matches he's had, right? I mean, I'll just list some of them right now. We talked about the WrestleMania 10 match where they kind of revolutionized things with the ladder match, but you know, the match with Brett, the Iron Man match, Ric Flair, you know, he takes on the Undertaker again, 26, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle. You know, you could put that match down as just the best one. Um, so it's hard, but when it comes to you know these two. This match is special and it's an instant classic. Give it the five stars. It's got everything in it. It's the light versus the darkness, uh, how they've positioned it. And, you know, we get a bit of everything here. The pacing, the psychology, Shawn Michaels is at his absolute best. The Undertaker is brilliant in terms of not just, you know, dishing out his offense, but the psychology, his reactions are always great. Um, to show he's been in a great match. Um, but this had everything. And I don't think words would do it justice. Um, near the end, you know, Taker gets hit with a super kick, the sweet chin music, but he kicks out. Then there's a slug fest. Taker kicks, you know, Sean in the face. HBK goes for a moonsault at the end. And as he's, he's caught in the tombstone, and that's it, one, two, three, midair. Um, and, you know, that's the end to an absolute classic. As I say, there's so many things within this match. Um, that are going on. There's one point where um, you know Undertaker does his famous leap from in the ring to the outside, but Shawn Michaels pushes the cameraman in the way, um, and lots of false finishes. It's just got everything. Um, so to pick one Shawn Michaels match is difficult. To pick one Undertaker match is difficult. But you know this, I think, is their absolute best. They have a rematch in the next year, and I think you know this still shades it, and it's something that I think when people talk about. WrestleMania, um, they talk about this match, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, and it does um, have the two guys, as you say, Mr. WrestleMania versus the man who, you know, made WrestleMania his yard. Yep, and you know, what amazes me about both these wrestlers is, you know, they're not necessarily from a technical uh, background like Bret Hart, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, you know, these, these are not technical wrestlers, I would say, even though Shawn can be. They're more, um, it's all about in-ring psychology and making a story out of a match. And I think in these two, you have the two best in terms of the laser boots. Well, I'm, I'm going to d- d- say something and j- jump in. You're saying story only, but Sean, I mean, I know he's not your Matt wrestling, but he's he's the high-flying technical wrestler, right? And I think many would argue that he's the greatest ever in ring performer. And but, I've uh, certainly leaned towards uh, uh, yeah. that. And it's post, you know, Bret Hart getting injured and Ric Flair maybe tailing off for me. It's all about Shawn Michaels and certainly WrestleMania has... His matches are incredible, especially the kind of when he came back from his injury. Um, but you're right. I mean, they're not the mat wrestlers. Undertaker is the brawler, but with amazing agility and yeah. able to do those high spots. And I think, you know, when they had their initial matches in, in um, 1997 and then 98 at the Royal Rumble, um, they had their interactions at the Royal Rumble first year um, leading into this match. Um, and then it was the next year again. And then the rematch. Um, it's just both guys at their absolute peak. Um, and this match, as I said, just, you know, highlights everything that's great about WrestleMania. And it is a pure wrestling match. So this yep. is the match, which it's not a gimmick. It's not any outside interference. It's just two guys going at it with an amazing story. And at the end of the day, The Undertaker gets 17-0 and 0 at WrestleMania. He continues the streak. Shawn Michaels will be back for one last hurrah. Yep, I mean, these are two legends, obviously, versus each other. There's a few other matches I just want to put out there just in terms of those legends matches. And I think the one that stands out, there's two that stand out, and I think I'll let you talk about one. Um, But one is The Rock versus Hulk Hogan. Um, And I thought that match was main event material. And it was much better than anybody had a right to expect. Um, But 
I mean, we watched that again. Uh, I, I think that's a tremendous match. I mean, that to me is my most favorite match in terms of atmosphere. Crowd. Yeah. I remember still watching that um, live in 2002 and the crowd. And once again, it's the Canadian crowd. It was incredible. Now you turn the sound off that yeah. match and the crowd's not there. It, it's, it's not a great match, but it's the ultimate great match in terms of, you know, top five matches in yeah. terms of the crowd and psychology and how Rock and Hogan work. And once again, because... One of these guys is uh, going to be in another match. We couldn't have it, but if we could just pick, you know, for me, it's, yeah, as you say, it's it's incredible. And there has not been probably a better atmosphere yep. for a match than that one. It was incredible. It's a shame we couldn't get it on this card, but there's a reason behind that. Yeah, um, a couple others. Ar- I just want to, sorry, before we mentioned the one that we're, we're going yeah. to, a couple others that are worth a mention, uh, Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle, tremendous uh, technical match. Uh, and then Shawn Michaels versus Rick Flory. Again, uh, another tremendous story with one of the best endings that you'll ever see. Um, but we can talk I about I mean, that. we had a similar match, didn't we? Instead of, you know, but obviously Shawn said to Rick, you know, sorry, I love you. I just said, sorry, I hate you. And I super kicked you into next week. Um, and that was well, the end of your I career. That's that was, how I remember it anyway. Uh, yeah, I think that was your dream last night, Fash. But the one that... The one no, that my we... dream last night cannot be broadcasted. But we'll move <laughs> on to there's one match that we wanted to get on this card fast. Uh, we couldn't find space for it because of our rules, but it's probably the best match that's ever taken place at WrestleMania. And that is the match between Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. WrestleMania 13 is my favorite match. It's the match which basically the most excellent booking ever. The double turn. Uh, it's the match in which at the end of it, as was planned, I was a huge Stone Cold fan. And, you know, we're going to talk about that match in another episode because it deserves that for for both of us as you say i think it could go down even as the, the greatest wwf match yep. ever um and certainly it is the match that made stone cold steve austin um incredible in every way but we couldn't get it into the semi main event slot so similar to um not being able to get rock there if we weren't able to get stone cold there i wonder why Right, nine matches down, we're at our main event. It's for the WWE Championship. Now, there's 36 main events to consider. And, you know, there's been world title matches, WWE title matches. Um, But what are we looking for? Well, we're looking for two iconic wrestlers taking each other on. There's got to be high stakes. And I think, you know, this match had to define a generation. And look, there's other matches that you think about over the years. Hogan-Andre. You know, it, it really catapulted wrestling into another sphere. Um, we both love Ultimate Warrior against Hulk Hogan, another passing of the torch. There was Matt Chua and Hogan, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, as we've mentioned. Um, the Austin era began with Stone Cold beating Shawn Michaels. Um, and there's been lots in recent years. But there's one match, Wax, I think, that trumps them all for just having every element that you'd want in a main event. And to this day, um, you know, has a legacy. And for me, the greatest WrestleMania, the greatest main event, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock at WrestleMania 17. Nothing what? nothing tops this. What an absolute cracker of a match. I mean, this is, you're right, this this defined a generation of wrestling. Uh, we had the Attitude Era. This is the pinnacle. This is the, the highest peak that you know was ever reached. And it's the two, two wrestlers that are, I think, the most popular that have ever been uh, yeah. in yeah. all of wrestling. Um, everything surrounding this match was done to such great quality. The video package before the match, you know, and leading up to the event, tremendous. The music from Limp Biscuit. Well, the, My Way of the Highway, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, um, yeah. 
that set the tone. I mean, everything about it. I mean, carry on, but yeah, that yeah. is still iconic to this day as well. It the, fit the, the, more absolutely. into them too than mm-hmm. the actual song on its own. It's yeah. just as if it was designed for them. Yeah, I mean, the build-up, the moment in history that we've talked about, you know, being the, the pinnacle of the Attitude Era, everything combined just came together perfectly. Um, and, you know, in my book, not just were they the most popular, but I think all round, these are the two that I would put at the very top of the tree. I would argue of, with that. Yeah, for uh, me, it's Stone Cold and The Rock. And, and the match itself is just tremendous. It's hard-hitting, it's blistering, the pace is brilliant. Um, they both get blood, a lot of blood. Uh, they're bleeding pretty much all match. Uh, the fact there's no DQ, no DQ for a reason, uh, I think added to to the match. There were some tremendous spots, you know, each hitting uh, themselves with the bell. I think the Spanish announcer gets hit on the head they of the always, chair. They always get hit, man. They deserve uh, yeah, it as well. They, they deserve it. Um, and I just think together these guys sold so well for each other. They, you know, their chemistry was second to none. Um, and this is the second match of a trilogy at WrestleMania, but this is the best one. And I think both were at the peak of their wrestling ability as well, even though, uh, you know, Stone Cold coming in with his knee injuries and stuff, I think they put on a show for the ages. And it was a story, so we talk about, you know, this is the trilogy match, the second match of the three, but this rivalry started in 1997, so their careers kind of intertwined, first for the Intercontinental title, then, you know, The Rock turns and, you know, it's the corporate champion, WrestleMania 15, Stone Cold gets injured, The Rock takes the mantle. And this is after Stone Cold's came back, right? And it's, I mean, people always talk about the ending of this in Stone Cold's heel turn, which soured a lot of people. And I remember as a kid when I saw this, even though they were kind of signposted it and I was reading stuff at the time, knowing that a heel turn could be happening, I was absolutely gutted when I saw that Stone Cold had turned here because I was more of a Stone Cold loyalist, if you remember at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people would say, well, actually, Rock surpassed his popularity, I didn't want to hear it. Um, but at live events, he was. And therefore, you know, the heel turn was put into place, which people sometimes forget, you know, why it happened. But as you say, these guys were at their peak. They worked so well together. Um, they had a lot of respect. You could see that in the ring. Um, they hit each other's finishers. Um, Rock does the amazing oversell, as he always does, of yep. the Stone Cold Stunner. Um, but in the end, um, you know, everything's going to become full circle because Vince McMahon is going to get involved in this one. And yeah, that's and- where the crowd starts getting a little bit. And they build shocked. up in the commentary. And I've got to say, Jim Ross was on fire this match, you know. I think it's peak Jim Ross. Um, anytime actually Stone Cold has a good match, Jim Ross is on fire and it makes the match even better. And I think without the heel turn, um, this wouldn't have been the same. Not, I mean, it would still be absolutely amazing, but I think the heel turn added that extra element that was important for this match, the extra drama. Uh, Vince McMahon coming out, helping Stone Cold Steve Austin win the match uh, against The Rock. Um, and the, the heel turn that we thought we'd never see, the handshake that we thought we'd never see. Yeah. Um and Which it's is a cool, right scene. because um, you know Austin hits the Rock with you know a, a low blow. Um, Vince McMahon is called into the ring by the Rock. He hits him with a chair, but Rock kicks out. Um, then there's multiple chair shots. I mean, going back, Austin absolutely brutalizes him with a chair and and gets the one, two, three. And um, where it didn't work was because we were in Texas. <laughs> yeah. The crowd goes crazy still for the for the victory, even though they're shocked, as you say. Jim Ross and Paul Heyman are amazing on commentary here. And they were a very underrated combination. Um, but, you know, they sold it amazingly well. Um, you know, as you say, GR's outrage as it all, talking about Stone Cold shaking hands with Satan himself. It just works well. And, you know, it, you were like, what happens next now? Um, but really, as we say, it's the two greatest performers. And this was the, the full stop 
on the Attitude Era. You know, as you see, it hit its absolute peak. And at this point, ECW is gone. WCW has been bought. It's the two men that helped do all that in a way um, that are now facing each other for the ultimate prize. And, you know, the story behind it, Stone Cold's desperation to take the title back. He then, you know, takes that final step to join up with Vince McMahon. The Rock showing how resilient he is. Um, just absolute classic from every angle. And yeah, I don't think any other main event would touch it. This is a match I think anyone who was a fan in the 90s to now remembers and basically holds as high as possible as the ultimate main event for the ultimate WrestleMania card. Absolutely. I mean, before we show you the full card again and just uh, give our closing thoughts, I just want to mention a couple of matches that could potentially have been chosen. Um, I don't think we would have went with any of these, but we've got Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. Uh, WrestleMania 6 I think that was a, a personal favourite of mine because it was iconic for its time already said uh, that Wax you're just being like Grill Monsoon here yes you know, I'm but, gonna have but, to but let me let me have my moment in the sun like Vince Will did you stop? Uh, at the end of this uh, the other one um, actually my personal favourite wrestling match uh, in a main event is actually Triple H versus Chris Benoit versus Shawn Michaels in that triple threat match not just for the match itself but the, the ending and the emotional ending that we get with Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero um one that I know you're not going to agree with, but I thought just because it was so different um, and had something special about it was The Undertaker versus AJ Styles in that cinematic match that they had last year. Um, if there was a well, special that's not category... For the, if, if that's no, not for the... Yeah, but as a main event I was talking about, but if there was a separate category of matches for, well, do you know for that... What? You make a good point because I, you know, because we couldn't use Undertaker... Yeah. Had that, but then I was even thinking you were talking about the gimmick match, you yeah. know, the fire, <laughs> Firefly Funhouse between yes. John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Because yeah, last year was so unique, and as you say, that Boneyard match was a great way for if you know that was going to be the end for the Undertaker. Great way of yeah. doing and it. One last one that's always talked about is Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, the Iron Man match. So again, all worthy main events in their own right, but I think we have selected the best of the best. And that is the Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. Let's very quickly just share the card so everybody can have a look at the final WrestleMania Super card. I don't think you could find a better card. But well, prove we, us we wrong. do say so ourselves. Yeah, uh, prove us wrong if you want. I mean, uh, share your matches that would fit in uh, amongst these criteria. Try not to cheat, um, and you know, send us your cards. We'll post them next week if we can. Uh, but Absolutely. here it is: all ten matches. I think all ten on in their own right, you know, stand out to be excellent matches. Flash. Yeah, and what we'd like you to do is, um, you know, it's WrestleMania weekend coming. Watch these 10 matches in a row. So watch our super card. Um, enjoy each of these. And then, yeah, give us your feedback. Um, what would you have changed? Um, you know, I'm sure there'll be people that would try and say, oh, I wouldn't have that there, I wouldn't have that. But you have to stick to our rules. And it's all about entertainment and putting together a card which has the right structure and fun. Uh, and certainly we've tried to capture different eras Um but yeah, I guess our request to you is watch these um, to get you in the mood for the two nights of WrestleMania. Um, and that brings our episode to a close. We were quite excited about this one. I think it's been a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, it really gears us up for WrestleMania as well. Yeah, I can't wait. Everybody should tune in to NXT Stand and Deliver this uh, tonight and tomorrow. And then obviously we have WrestleMania at the weekend. Um, I can't wait. Uh, I'm fully in the zone. Fash, let's go. Let's go indeed. As ever, he's Wax, I'm Fash. This is Wrestling With Memories. And I wish we could play the WrestleMania song from the early 90s right now because that'd be a great way to end the show. See you all. Have a good one.